Film runs through our veins and continuously makes us interact with it. I'm your host, Edward Frumkin, and this is Real Print. In this episode, contributor Sean Naughton and I dissect the highlights playing in this year's primetime, midnight madness, special presentations, and galas playing in this year's Toronto International Film Festival. Some portions are recorded on Zoom, so bear that in mind when you hear the audio and enjoy the show. Thank you very much for coming to today's second part of a special TIFF preview as I already did the earlier docs, wavelengths, discovery, and the lesser known programs with Jonah, Sean. Of course, uh, you know, TIFF is such an enormous festival. Yeah, and understandable that it needs two episodes and we got a lot of good films and programming to talk about today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To start off, we'll do with the prime time with Lars von Trier, The Kingdom, which is another remake of his original show about neurosurgical wards, staff and patients, Clea Duval's and Laura Critchell's High School, which is based off a memoir of Tegan and Sarah about the band's coming of age. The season five premiere of The Handmaid's Tale starring Elizabeth Olsen and Dear Mama about Tupac Shakur for FX from Alan Hughes of the Dr. Dre Defined Ones doc and Menace to Society and an upcoming German epic period for Netflix called 1899 from Baron Bo Odar and John Chi. Freeze, which is about a group of European migrants leaving London on a steamship to start new lives in New York City. But when they encounter another migrant ship adrift on the open sea, their journey begins to turn to a nightmare. What are your thoughts on these amazing primetime programs? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's a great selection. I am especially interested in the Lars von Trier Kingdom Exodus. Um, I haven't watched any of The Handmaid's Tale, I must admit, and um, surprised to see it's still going. I'm, I'm I'm hoping it's still as as good quality. I'm, I just like after the first season, I, I kind of just uh, I didn't lose interest because I wasn't watching it, but I didn't pay attention as as much. Um, but it's good to see Elizabeth Moss still rocking it there. Um, high school, Cleo Duvall's high school was another one that intrigued me. I think just because it's sort of like a more mellow, like all these the other shows that I mentioned are more like high profile like fifth season and this one seems like a more tame um low-key um selection and I think that'd be interesting to watch that so those would be my my three those would probably be most people's threes to be honest <laughs> but the two-pack sure the, the Shakira one of course sounds interesting too um but those are my thoughts anyway yeah I basically agree with all everything what you say and would you like to share with us what do you expect from the midnight madness sure yeah so midnight madness it's uh not just horror it's a lot of like maybe thriller action some fantasy cinema in there there's even the comedy there yeah um (laughs) so there's a bunch i guess i can kind of list through a bunch of them so there looks there's 10 selections um lunar will never never die uh, from Artika Ramirez Escobar, Filipino action film. Um, 
let's see, transports a retired screenwriter of Filipino action films into the story of one of her own unfinished scripts. So just these, I mean, that right there kind of gives you what to expect from the Midnight Madness selection, um, just these sort of surreal and, you know, maybe some brain bending stuff, but great action, great horror. And then it's Ty West Pearl, his prequel to X. I'm not sure if you saw X. I, I liked X earlier this year. I think it came out in April. Yeah, um, but just like a throwback slasher. Like just like a couple weeks after it's South by premiere. Yeah. So I was a fan of it. Um, and there's a prequel with Mia, Mia Goth, Pearl, that's coming out. Um, Kim Hong Sun, Project Wolf Hunting, looks to be a very bloody and gnarly <laughs> action thriller. Um, sorry, there's a bunch and we have a lot to talk to in the gala and the special presentation. I don't want to dwell on all these too much. There's Sick John Hyams, um, director of Universal Soldier, uh, Day of Reckoning, some of the Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, great stuff in there. Should prove to be another great slasher action flick. Sisu from Jalmari Holanda. Uh, the Blackening by Tim Story, director yes, of- Yeah, The Blackening. Like, I love the skit that Dwayne Perkins did a few years ago. And it's going to have an all-star cast with Jay Farrell of SNL, Insecure's Von Orgy, American Vandals, Melvin Gregg, just about who, when you have an all-Black cast in a horror film, and they're making fun of the, the first Black, the Black person being the first person to die in horror movie, but what happens when everyone's Black, and who will die, and testing each knowledge and Blackness, so it's like I saw that skit and it's like wow such a deep betrayal but I think that one should be a lot of fun yeah Tim Story's directing that um a ride along of, of ride along also of uh Tom and Jerry and uh Fantastic Four so yeah it's interesting to see a sort of kind of journeyman director going back to uh or now skewing this these genre tropes <laughs> um the people's joker with Vera Drew uh, aspiring clown grappling with their gender identity combats a fascist cape crusader Sounds very fun. Uh, another VHS 99, um, the series or anthology series about uh, found footage thrillers. I've only seen one of them. Um, I forget which one I've seen, whichever one that the the guys that directed the first couple episodes of Moon Knight, I, their names are escaping me right now. They also did um, The Endless, the sort of like indie sci-fi. I'm forgetting their names. I'll remember them probably later. Yeah. Anyway, VHS 99, Jaume um, Balaguerro, Venus, uh, Cosmic Horror, within the concrete corridors of a cursed apartment complex on the outskirts of Madrid. And lastly, the Weird Al Yankovic story, Weird, uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. Saving the best for last, maybe that one. Um, I have no idea what to expect from that one, but yeah. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. <laughs> I know there's also going to be Evan Rachel Wood, Rain Wilson, Quinta Bronson. Yeah, Mike, er- Erica Fells, um, of course, Weird Al. Everyone knows Weird Al. I don't really need to introduce him, but yeah, anyway, that's Midnight Madness. Uh, lots of very wide breadth of films for something i feel like people usually just think like horror and shock but no there's a lot of fun stuff in there yeah that's what i love and also flying lotus is one of the several directors on the vhs 99 like i know that he directed like kusu and he does a lot of directorial stuff in his own music video so 
expect some great uh, vision cinematography that you can bring on film that most people may not think like when you just first hear of his name so yeah you go Steven Ellison and now let's get into the special presentations there's yeah. last thing sorry before you get into that um the names Aaron Moorhead Justin Benson sorry I didn't I wanted to get that in there before we went away from Midnight Madness they have a duo behind um the Endless, and they also directed VHS Viral uh, segment in there. Mm -hmm. So big fan of their work. Now we can move on. Sorry. Yeah, that's good. Now I'll mention some stuff that I did not mention in the Venice episode because there's just so many overlaps between Venice, Toronto, TIFF, and the upcoming New York Film Festival. So like my top five that I didn't get this, that's not Venice that's going to play at TIFF is the international premiere of Nanny from the Yatu Jusu about the horror version of an immigrant tale that I got to be the first public audience to see at new directors, new films. And I'm having the Amazon's just trying to slowly, slowly bring up the public for award season. And uh, there is Sarah Pauli's Woman Talking, which is about eight Mennonite women climbing to a hayloft to conduct a secret meeting and it'll have Francis McDormand, Winnie Mara, Claire Foy, Ben Wishaw, and produced by Brad Pitt's Plan B. So there's so much to look into that. And Window and Wild, Henry Selig's stop motion animation film that features Key and Peel, like a rare acting appearance from Peel nowadays. <laughs> My policeman about a love triangle between an officer, a school teacher, and a museum curator, like a multi-fluid relationship with Harry Styles and McLaurin and Rupert Everett. And my last two before I hand it off to Sean is Mark Mylas' The Menu, a dark comedy where Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt are like foodies going to sell restaurants and get a special meal cooked by Rafe Fines. And last but not least, um, Chevalier from Watchmen director Stephen Williams, which is about the life of Chevalier de San Georges, played by Calvin Harrison. And there's also Lucy Boynton of Sing Street and Samara Weaving of, uh, I know that she was just in Three Billboards and Ready or Not. So those are some of my top five that are just making its international or world premiere at TIFF in the special presentations. Yeah, um, I don't know how I'm gonna keep it to five to be honest, there's so many. Uh, I'll do ones that you didn't name. Um, first one would be me, for me would be one of my personal favorite directors, uh, Hirokazu Koreeda, Japanese, just humanist director. He's got his new film Broker, um, which he made actually with the Korean cast. Um, with Song, Song Kang Ho's in there from, from Parasite. And it's another sort of, you know, tender drama about um, unconventional family coming together. I think it's, I, I believe it's about the like baby box program or not program, but like um, thing that happens in Korea where, where babies are sort of left in boxes. And then this group of ragtag uh, non-family members come together, sort of raise it um should be great that one premiered at Cannes 
um, and got great reviews out of there. Decision to Leave, uh, Park Chan-wook's, um, which will also be playing in the New York Film Festival soon. So Park Chan-wook, director of The Handmaiden and um, Old Boy. I think this might, this is another one that, like these are probably my, those are my like top two, like far ahead of everything else. Everything else, of course, is super interesting. Um, but it's another, or it's like a war lavish love story um, with uh, Tang, Tang Wei, a, a Chinese actress. That one also premiered at Khan was getting fantastic reviews out of there. And I guess I'll just stick to kind of the big ones. I like we kind of can't ignore um, Glass Onion, the Ryan Johnson's Knives Out sequel, a yeah. Netflix sequel is going to be premiering. Um, I love I saw it like four times in theaters with just different groups of people who are all seeing it for the first time um, and didn't get old. It's very entertaining. Daniel Craig is incredible in it. Um, the Ban Banshees of Inishirin, Martin McDonough. Um, I I feel like Three Billboards has kind of gotten a lot of backlash or like had some like immediate backlash and a lot of people have soured on it recently. I, I still am a big fan of it. I'm completely aware of all the problems it has, but he also, of course, did In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and I'm as big a fan of those films, too. And so we get a little In Bruges um, reunion here with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson playing lifelong friends who begin to sour on one another. Brendan Gleeson just sours on Colin Farrell as he tries to win his, his affection back. <laughs> Looks to be another great dark comedy from him. Yeah. And you mentioned Wendell and Wild already, that one. Just Henry Selleck, his name so it always brings me joy. Um, and last but not least, I guess this is yeah, this is my last one. I'll do the Sam Mendes uh, Empire of Light um, with Olivia Coleman and Michael Ward. A I believe this is follow up to 1917, right? He hasn't done anything since. Yeah, but it should be a it's a drama about human connection and the magic of cinema. Roger Deakins behind the camera again. I mean that is just kind of unbeatable both in front of and behind the camera mm -hmm. so yeah. i don't know if there's any couple other ones you just want to mention um, briefly yeah, or I just want to give quick <laughs> shout outs to steven spielberg's the Fableman, his tiff debut with michelle williams seth rogan playing like um let me start over the premise about the growing up in post-war ii arizona it follows a young man named Sammy Fable and discovering a family secret with a breakout role from Gabriel LaBelle and Williams and Rogan and Paul Dano plays Gabriel's family members. Um, there's only two docs playing in the special presentations, Moon Age Daydream of David Bowie from Brad Morgan and The Return of Tanya Tucker featuring Brandy Carlisle from Kathleen Moran. And one of the big winners from Khan's Triangle of Sadness from Ruben Ostlon about the celebrity couple Carl and Yaya are invited to a luxury cruise for the Uber Ridge run by Marxist Captain. And uh, I already spoke in Venice about way. I don't want to go too much on that. There is Stephen Freer's The Lost King about the discovery of King Richard's Thirds Remains with uh, Shea Waters, Sally Hawkins, and Steve Coogan, and Harry Lloyd, who's most famous for playing 
Daenerys' unknowing relative in the first season of Game of Thrones. And uh, one last guy through. Oh, yeah, there is Clement Virgo's brother about um, the relationship between Francis and Michael, I believe. Yeah, Michael, two black Canadian brothers growing up in the Scarborough district of Toronto. And it has Aaron P.A., who just was amazing in the Underground Railroad at Caesar. And Lamar Johnson, who played uh, um, Amanda Steinberg's on-screen relative in The Hate You Give, for those who might have seen him before. And Lena Dunham's Catherine Called Birdie, that follows Bella Ramsey, like who played Lyanna Mormont in the in season six, seven of Game of Thrones. Um, the deal kind that will also have Billy Piper, Dean Charles Chapman, and Andrew Scott. And uh, like I already spoke in the past of Jonah Hogg's Eternal Dawn, which we won't go too much here. Oh, Sana Lathan's on the comma about the an adaptation of Hey You Give author Andrew Thomas is about a young um, artist like trying to make in like a young female rap artist trying to make into the game and I think that's all I have before we go into the the main 18 gala lights oh and Nick Soller's bros the Billy Eichner all LGBTQ cast gay rom-com and that will eventually have a good universal theatrical release very soon like i think that's all before we go into the uh can the i do i want to do a couple more sorry before we go on i just uh i know we said we were gonna do five and now we're doing all of them but no bears jafar panahi's um newest film um just like one of the most important voices in iranian cinema and just world cinema in general uh, my policeman with harry styles of course can't forget about that one and then the last last couple um I can't remember if you mentioned Darren Aronofsky's The Whale with Brendan I Fraser. Spoke, like, I don't want to go too much because I spoke about it in Venice. So. Oh, okay, got it. So, I mean, Darren Aronofsky, everyone knows. Uh, the Whale and then Hong Sing Su's Walk Up, um, you know, perennial festival goer. <laughs> Always cranking out like one to two films a year, Hong Sing Su. Um, so he'll have Walk Up premiering and I am very excited to see that one. And mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll stop right there. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop with one exception about the Good Night Oppie documentary. It's just rare to not see many docs outside of the TIFF docs program as it's about the Rover Oppie as like Ryan White previously did the HBO doc, The Case Against Eight, and the Netflix doc series, The Keepers, about the unsolved murder of Dunn, Catherine Sesnick. So... We promised y'all that we will not go too much <laughs> on the special presentations. But now it's the top 18 gala presentations with the opening night film being Sally L. Hussini's The Swimmers about uh, like a group of swimmers. <laughs> just like, I just love self-explanatory tiles. And the closing night film, Dolly Land from American Psychos, Mary Heron, that will have Ben Kingsley, Barbara Sukawa, Ezra Miller, and Suki Waterhouse, and those are the most noteworthy names. And uh, like a great uh, tribute about the tempestuous marriage of Salvador Dali and his wife and Muse Gala in their later years 
in the 70s. And what are some other films you enjoy to hear from the galas, Sean? Yeah, um, I'll start with the, the Woman King, Gina Prince, Bright Woods. Um, very big ups to Viola Davis. I, I loved, I was a big fan of the old guard and I love, 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 love in basketball. Um, Prisoner starter, Catherine Hardwick, uh, Brian Cox and Kate Beckinsale drama. And the son, Florian Zeller. Um, I feel like when The Father came out, it was one of those films where it's just kind of like, oh, The Father's nominated for like eight Oscars and nobody's really seen it. I guess it's it's good, you know, kind of Oscar video. And then people started seeing it and everyone was just like, God damn, this, this guy can write, this guy can direct. So I think The Sun should be, Sun with Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, Anthony Hopkins um, should sort of get a proper like recognition from the get-go. Um, mm-hmm. So that one will be very interesting to watch. And I think the last one I'll do for now is um, Hunt with Lee Jung-jae, um, actor in Squid Game from last year, uh, 80s set thriller. It's his directorial debut. Um, I think this one premiered at Khan also got some pretty good reviews. Looks to be a tangly web of, you know, assassination plots and moles and special agencies. Um, should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it will be, and just wanted to mention the Woman King, there's also going to be, like, a great secondary, like, a great second most important role from Fusu and Beto, again, from the Underground Railroad, and also her co-star, like, even though she did not act with her in the Underground Railroad, Sheila Atten playing Amenza, there's Hero Finds, Tiffin in the film, as well as John Boyega, it's just so many, and Lashana Lynch, of uh, Marvel's MCU's Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange. So there's just a lot of great talent that the Gina Prince cast in this film, as long as great past on-screen collaborators, um, off-screen collaborators, editor Terrell and A. Tropshire, who did Chopped, Love and Basketball, and composer Terrence Blanchard, who also did compose for Love and Basketball and uh, The Secret Life of Beaties, I believe. Like, I know he does many Spike Lee movies and uh, there's also in the the only documentaries that are playing in the gala presentations are Reginald Hudlin's Sydney about the late Sydney Poitier and based on the Apple's subscription there's going to be interviews from Robert Redford, Halle Berry, Denzel Washington, Spike Lee and you'll expect a lot of other known faces that will be part of this a little bit of a talking head nor a conventional type celeb doc and black ice from oscar nominated director hubert davis which presents the history of the colored hockey league of the maritimes of the early 20th century and the lingering history of anti-black racism in the sport of ice hockey and it's going to be executive produced by drake lebron james and maverick carter as hubert davis was previously nominated an Oscar for his short doc, Hardwood, about the life of his father, former Harlem Globetrotter, Mel Davis. And I expect a lot of great um, poetic delivery in the sports genres that he does. So watch out for Black Ice. And I would say there's also 
um, Paul White's moving on. Like, I need to look up the description of that film. Call me. Please bear with me. I mean, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are headliners there, too. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Yeah, Grace and Frankie and 9 to 5 reunion in mm-hmm. that film. And uh, there is also Peter Fairley's The Greatest Beer Run Ever. It's a dramedy that stars Zac Efron, Russell Crowe, and Bill Murray, where Efron plays John Donahue, 26-year-old Marine Corps, working as a merchant seaman when he was challenged one night in the NYC bar, and they gathered lost family and friends in the ongoing Vietnam War, and one friend proposed yeah. um, that they should sneak into Vietnam, track down their buddies, and kind of give each of them messages of support from back home, maybe some laughs and beers. So expect some like mixtures of uh, laughter and sadness that uh, yeah. here fairly doesn't do as much. I mean, no matter what you think about Green Run, I feel like the oh, follow up Peter or sorry, not Green Run, <laughs> Green Book, yeah, um, just like a Peter Fairley follow up now um, is just kind of all eyes are going to be on it. It's the best picture winner follow up. I mean, yeah, there's also going to be what's love got to do with it from Elizabeth and Elizabeth, the Golden Age director, Chakar Kapoor, which is about a cross cultural rom com about love and marriage set between London, South Asia that has Lily James, Emma Thompson, Sajal Ali, Sazad Latif, and Asin Chaudhry, among other actors. And it's going to be produced by working title films, Tim Beaven and Eric Fellner, as they produced a lot of the most famous British films like Fargo, they did Big Lebowski, and About a Boy, and Shaun the Dead and others. So great production company from Working Title Films. And Rodrigo Garcia's Raymond and Ray about two half brothers reuniting at a funeral of their father, with whom both had a bad relationship. They have Ewan McGregor, Ethan Hogg, like his second appearance at TIFF after Glass Onion, and Sophie Okanidu of Hotel Ronda and Vondi Curtis Hill of Chicago Pope and Daredevil. And I feel like that, that movie feels just a one-room melodrama. Hopefully that it'll, it, because of how limited that room is, I feel like that it'll maybe get at least an Independence Beer Award, but maybe not an Oscar. So who knows with these type of smaller type family dramas that the Oscars know to try to get from time to time. And uh, Gabe Polsky's Butcher's Crossing, a Western genre with Nicolas Cage. And it's based on the novel of the same name where William Andrews, a young Harrison, leaves his life behind to explore the West. And there's also Fred Hetchinger, who will play the high school student as he was just in eighth grade and News of the World. So... Hopefully this is first time to get a bigger light to shine. And Alice Darling from Mary Nye, which is, like, I don't know the, the synopsis, but it has Anna Kendrick and Wumi Masaku, who is just in Loki and Lovecraft Country. And I feel like that that's all I want to say about 
the gala? Uh, yeah, I feel like we covered pretty much everything there. Um, go a little bit more into sort of like Jasmine's Blues, Tyler Perry's. Um, everyone knows that name, but this is first screenplay he ever wrote. Um, about Forbidden Love and Family Secrets from the 40s, 1940s to the 80s. Um, Butcher's Crossing, I just a, a tiny bit more about that. Gabe Polsky, director of uh, Red Army, the documentary from 2014 about the Soviet hockey training culture, um, which I heard great things about. I don't think I, I, that's one that's weird. I didn't see in its entirety, but I saw like half of it and I was intrigued. I went to go back to it. Um, and then lastly, I'll just go a little bit more into Dolly Land, Mary Herons, um, director of American Psycho, of course, with Ben Kingsley and Barbara Sokoa about Spanish painter Salvador Dali and his wife Gala. Um, ben Kingsley, you know, always commits 100% to a role. So I think that should be a good one to see him sort of take a bite out of Dali. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's all we can add. Like, I wish that there's just, there's just always little nuggets that we may always forget, but you can always read the program guide for or all the past websites for TIFF and it's just that there's so much going on with that fest and it's supposed to be one of its largest fests since the pre-pandemic and I know that the they indicated that in light of the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine state-backed Russian films and organizations will be banned from the fest although parts participation by independent Russian filmmakers will still be permitted. So there's just like a lot that TIFF is dealing with, like like in its first, first, re like quote unquote, real fest that they would normally have. Like I know there's going to be industry talks that they have not posted at the time of this recording, but I really do hope to actually get to see some of these films at the New York Film Festival or maybe Doc NYC or new fest, who knows, but I I can't, I can always count so much of what TIFF has to bring in, especially that they do a better job of highlighting Canadian films more than America and a few other countries, in my opinion. So if you ever want to know more people behind the camera outside of the Jim Carrey's or the Sutherland's, look at TIFF, look at TIFF. Yeah. Very well said. Um, TIFF, probably number one on my list of film festivals I want to go to, haven't been to yet. Um, and this year seems like they're sort of roaring back to their former glory of pre-pandemic TIFF. Um, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a good day, Sean. Hope you have a good one too, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Print. This episode's music includes Continual Mutation, courtesy of Kama, and Shimmering by Rafa Orchestra, courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. This episode is co-produced and edited by Anish Katu and Edward Frumpkin. Please check out this episode's notes and links, as well as reviews, award, and seasonal predictions and essays written by yours truly at realprint.org. 
That is R-E-E-L print dot org. This is Edward Funkin signing off.